The March to Zion broadcast is a weekly radio production of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church. The broadcast is under the direction of Elder Tim McCool, Pastor. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Stay tuned for a message of God's sovereign grace. This is Tim McCool, pastor of Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church and director of the March to Zion broadcast. Please stay tuned for a message of salvation by grace.
morning. It's my great blessing and privilege to be able to speak to you this morning. If you're a returning listener, then we thank you for your ongoing prayers and support. And if you're a first-time listener, we hope that you'll feel burdened to join us each week at this same time. We rejoice in the message of salvation by grace alone, and we invite you to come and worship with us. We meet each Sunday morning at 1030 and on the second and fourth Wednesday nights at six o'clock. So come and join us anytime that you can. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me at my email address. It's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. That's Tim at T-I-M-M-C-C-O-O-L-L-A-W dot com. Our website is BethlehemPBC.org. That's BethlehemPBC.org. We're going to hear a song and then bring to you a message from the Word of God. I want to speak to you this morning about the fact that God's got you eternally. Over the next couple of weeks, I want to speak to you about the fact that God's got you. 
And I want you to see from the scripture that he has you in two very important ways. And the first way we're going to talk about today, God's got you eternally. Uh, Lord willing, next week we hope to talk to you about the fact that God's got you now in your life and all the circumstances of your life. The Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. But the reason I want to take up the eternal part first is because without an understanding of the fact that God has got you eternally, then it's very, very difficult to process this life and understand that God's got us now. In other words, if we can't see that God has us from an eternal standpoint, from before the world was even formed, he had your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If we can't see that and that nothing in this life, no matter how it seems like it's going out of control and the tragedies and troubles of this life are affecting us, it is extremely difficult to see that God has us now until we understand the message of the gospel, which is that he has got us eternally from before the world was formed down through time when the Lord Jesus Christ came and sacrificed for the sins of his people. And even now with the spirit residing in our hearts, it is confirmation that God has us eternally. And that's the message of the gospel. As I said just a moment ago, the the basic message is that God's got you. And he's not going to let you go. It's not based on what you do. It's not based on what you think. It's not based on what somebody tells you to do. It is based on his decree, his purpose, that he's got you. Now, there's two schools of thought about what I'm preaching to you about this morning. One school of thought is, well, in order for God to have you eternally, you have to do something. You have to opt in. You have to let him in. You have to do something, choose him, be baptized. There's so many different ways that different groups out there tell you that in order for God to get you eternally, that you've got to do thus and such. Now, I'm here to tell you that the message of the gospel is that you don't do anything for God to get you eternally. You don't do anything. That is something that the Lord set in place before the world was even formed. We read about the Roman road to salvation in Romans the 8th chapter. No, it's not in Romans the 10th chapter. It's in Romans the 8th chapter. The proof that God has you eternally is found there in those blessed verses. In verse 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. And whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. And you are the them. God's children are the them that is referred to, where he says, of them that they were foreknown, predestinated, called, justified, glorified. And Paul waxes eloquent there in verse 31 when he says, What shall we then say to these things, these beautiful five things that God has done for us that is proof that he has us eternally? If God be for us, who can be against us? You see, there's two schools of thought. And the school of thought or the truth of the Scripture is that he has you. It's not based on your choice. It's not based on the things you do. Now, I want you to think about it. If you can remember when you were a child, Were there times that you were fearful? I know for me personally, there were many times in my life as a child when I was fearful. I made the huge mistake as a child of starting to read uh, children's ghost stories when I was very young, and they absolutely terrified me. Now, I'm not joking when I say this, but there were times when I ran down the hallway at my house when I felt like the demons themselves were reaching out to grab my legs, and I could feel hot flames. I mean, that was just in my mind. I thought that these ghosts and demons and things were out there to get me 
and I couldn't jump in the bed fast enough. A lot of times I wanted mama to walk down the hall with me and make sure the light was on. There's nothing in the closet, nothing under the bed. I know that sounds crazy now. I'm a grown man. I don't even give a second thought to things like that. But when I was a child, I was very fearful. And I know some of it had to do with some of the stuff I was reading. But at the same time, I was greatly comforted with the presence of my parents I remember running from my bed up the hallway, sometimes when I'd have a bad dream and they'd still be up, and I'd run and I'd jump up in their arms. Now listen, that was very comforting to know that my parents had me, no matter what in my mind was vexing me or scaring me. And child of God, this is the message of the gospel. Your parent, your heavenly father, he has you. There's no devil and there's no demon and there's no flames from the lake of fire that can have you because your heavenly father has you. And in the law, there's a thing called the best evidence rule. And what that means, basically, it came from the 1800s from English law. In a court of law, you need to present the best evidence that's available. So today we would say, well, if you've got an original copy of a document and you've got a facsimile or a printout from your computer, but there's an original, then you have to offer the best evidence, the original document into the evidence of the court. It's the best evidence. And so you may be saying here today, you say, well, I'm afraid. You're telling me that the truth of the gospel, the truth of my salvation is that it's in the Lord's hands. Well, that makes me afraid. And I'm afraid I might not be a child of God. Oh, I fear that my choice wasn't good enough. And there is no choice we can make that would ever be good enough. It was the choice of God that was good enough. But the best evidence that you are a child of God is that you have such fears. And you think to yourself, I'm not able to do this. If The message that I'm hearing on the radio this morning is that it's out of my hands. Oh, my goodness. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid that that I may not be a child of God. Listen, the best evidence that you are a child of God are those kind of fears. When you think about, oh, my goodness, it's out of my hands. And then our faith points us to the fact that it's in God's hands. So the best evidence you have when you hear this message that it's out of your hands, that your eternal salvation is in the hands of God. Best evidence is you say, I feel a loss over thinking it's out of my hands. That's the best evidence you've got to know that you're a child of God. And then you've got your faith within that God is placed there sovereignly by his work. You didn't choose to get that faith. The Lord places that faith in your heart in the new birth. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's the gift of God, according to Ephesians 2. That faith points to the fact that the Lord's got you. Do you fear the Lord? Do you fear that, oh my goodness, I might not be a child of God? Well, you know what? It says of the wicked, there is no fear of God before their eyes. So if you have that apprehension or if you think, oh my goodness, I've never heard this message. I've always been told it was up to me. It was up to my choice. It was up to my letting in. It was up to my accepting. It was up to me being baptized and fill in the blank because there's so many different ways out there that different groups say, this is how you become eternally saved. The very fear that you experience over letting go what you've been told is some of the best evidence that God's got you eternally Now, let me show you from the scripture. That's something within that you can look to. Oh, my goodness, I've got to let go of these things I've been told. But let me show you in the scripture where it is without question and without fail that God has you eternally. And if you were like me as a child, afraid to even run down the hall, and even now, maybe as an adult, and you, you have fears and apprehensions, let me calm those fears 
from the Scripture, because that's what the message of the gospel does. It calms the fears of the child of God and steadies them by looking to their faith. John, the sixth chapter. I want you to notice some very important verses here as Jesus preaches in this Bread of Life sermon. Now, remember the context here. Just the day before, Jesus had fed many thousands of people with natural bread, and they come looking for more natural bread the next day. And he begins to explain to them, you have something that you need that's more important than natural bread, and that is the bread of God. And so he begins that bread of God sermon, and he is the bread of life. And notice in John 6 and 37, as Jesus describes the purpose for which he came to this earth, he says, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now listen, here's what we get out of that. All given by the Father to the Son shall come. Now is there any question from that verse alone that somebody's going to miss heaven? Jesus says, the Father has given me some people, and it's a vast number. Don't ever forget that. It's a number that no man can number as multitude as the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. And Jesus says, all that the Father has given me shall come to me. If you want to know about when God gave those to his son, you can read that in Ephesians, the first chapter, Romans, the eighth chapter, 29th verse, which we just went over before the foundation of the world. These were given to the son. The father looked at the son and said, son, I'm giving you this vast multitude of people and expecting you, counting on you, knowing that you will pay for their sins. And he did. And Jesus says, all that those were given to me, they shall come to me. So The first thing I have to tell you about the fact that God's got you eternally is Jesus said out of his own mouth, all given shall come. Now look at verse 39. This is the Father's will, which has sent me. What is the will of the Father? Jesus says that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. It's almost a restatement, but in a little bit different way from verse 37. In 37, he said, all given to me by my Father shall come to me. And in verse 39, he says, this is the Father's will, that of all that he's given me, I'll lose none. So all that are given shall come, and all that are given, there will be none lost. Now watch verse 44. He says, no man can come to me, wait a minute, (laughs) and thank God for exceptions, except the Father which has sent me, draw him. So here we have it all put together very clearly by Jesus. He says, all given shall come. He says, of all that are given, none will be lost, and none can come to me except the Father draw them to me. So we can't come to the Lord in eternal salvation. We can't come seeking eternal life to him because we don't have it in us. 1 Corinthians 2 tells us that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. When we're dead in sins, we're dead. Dead all over like the old dog rover, as the old saying used to go. We're dead in sins, and so we won't even approach to God. We won't come to God. We won't look to God. We won't pray to God. We won't seek God. Romans, the third chapter, says that. It's a repeat from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. No one will come to God. So God came to us, and he drew us to him. So all that are given shall come, and of all that are given, none will be lost And none can come except the Father draw them. And in verse 65 of the same chapter, he restates that again. 
he says, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except, and again, thank God for exceptions, it were given unto him of my father. So none come except the father gives. So all given shall come of all given. None will be lost. None can come of their own accord except the father draws them and none can come except the father gives it to them to come to him. Now, let me show you in John 17 and the second verse, it speaks of this same truth here that God's got you eternally. John 17 and 2, as Jesus prays that prayer the night before he goes to the cross, and this is what he says, Father, the hour has come, glorify thy son, and that thy son also may glorify thee. Verse 2, as thou hast given him power over all flesh. You see, the Lord had power over all flesh that ever existed, and here's the purpose of that power. It does not say that he would offer eternal salvation to all of mankind. No, but it says that he should give eternal life to who? As many as thou hast given him. Now, if you've been told all of your life that the Lord is offering salvation to everybody and he's trying to get it to folks and if you'll only let him in and opt in and accept him in and do the things that you need to do and pray him in and be baptized so you can go to heaven and that's an offer for all of the world, then here's a verse of scripture out of Jesus's own precious mouth where he says that I'm not offering it to all of the world. But he says, I'm giving it to the ones that God has given me. And don't ever forget that that is not some us four and no more number. It's not a small number. No, it is a number so vast that no man can count that number. Remember that. It's not a small number. It's an, Listen, it's a small number that the gospel has gone to in the world for the last 2,000 years. It's a very small number. You can basically get a somewhat close to the number statistic of how many countries and where the gospel's gone and who may have heard and who may have had that opportunity uh, to hear the gospel. You can pretty much come up with some kind of basic number. You can number the number of people that have heard the gospel in the last 2,000 years. And furthermore, what about the people, the billions of people before the days of Jesus when there was no gospel that went out into the world? And only the nation of Israel had the truth of God, had the worship of God. What about those people before? Well, I'm here to tell you that the good news is that the number of God's children is far beyond the number of people that have heard the gospel. And that's not because Brother Tim just thinks that. It's because the Lord Jesus Christ and Jehovah God of the Old Testament said to Abraham that my children, that the children that descend from Abraham, the children of faith that come from Abraham, they are going to be more numerous than the stars of the sky and the sands of the sea. And Jesus in Revelation, the fourth chapter, we see that there's a multitude crying out in heaven and saying that Jesus is to be praised because he's redeemed us out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. Every kindred. That's every family. Every tribe. Every tongue. Every language. Every nation that's ever existed on the face of the earth. God's got people in it. God had people in those nations before the days that Jesus came. Listen to me. This is good news. Because God's got all of his children eternally. And Jesus said that the purpose of me being here and the purpose of me coming to the earth is to give eternal life, not offer eternal life, 
But make sure that eternal life is going to be given to the ones that God has given to him before the world began. So don't miss this now. Put John 6 and John 17 together. In John 6, we've got this. We've got that all given by the Father to the Son shall come to him, and all given, none will be lost, and none can come except the Father draws them or gives it to them. The eternal life comes from the Father. And here he says in verse 2 of John 17 that as many as are given have eternal life. Not may get it or are offered eternal life, but they have it. Is there any question that God's got us eternally? And let me show you one more verse that's very dear and precious to me that goes right along with this. Have you noticed the theme here that he's saying that they're all given shall come, all those given by the Father shall come, all those given none will be lost And then he says, as many that are given to him, they have eternal life. They will be given eternal life. There's no question they're going to get it. And then in Hebrews, the second chapter in verse 13, second half of the verse, we have a picture of the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ into heaven. And notice what he says, behold, I and the children which God hath given me, behold, all given are here. Oh, child of God. God's got you eternally. God's got all of his children eternally. The message of the gospel is nobody's going to be left out. You know, it's not even a gospel that's preached today that says, well, the Lord's got you, but now you've got to get in there. That doesn't even make sense. Or if you don't get in, then you're going to perish in the flames of hell. You see, that's scary. That's something that would cause a child to run down the hall like I did and jump in his bed and pull up the covers and say, Lord, help me. But our parent, our Heavenly Father, comes to us in the gospel. He comes to us in the truth, and he looks us in the eye. Through faith, we see this. He's saying to us, I've got you. Jesus said, you're going to come to me. I'm not going to lose you. And the reason you come to me is because the Father has come to you and brought you to me. And he says he went to the cross to give you eternal life, not to offer it. And then on that great and grand glorious day when the Lord goes triumphantly with all of his children and their redeemed bodies into heaven, guess what the message is? He says, Father, I've got them all. All the ones that you gave me are here with me. Every fearful child that was told that it was up to them to opt in, everyone that was in trembling and fear thinking I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not able to do this. In their heart of hearts, they know that. The Lord says, I've got you. You're not going to miss heaven because of something you didn't do. You're going to make heaven because of what Jesus Christ did. And that is the message of the gospel. And I'm so happy to be able to share with you that good word from God that he says, Every one of his will come to him. None of them will be lost. And all that are given to him will have eternal life. And that one day in heaven, when he goes in the pearly gates, as we pictured in our mind, he's going to have that host, that multitude following behind them that no man can number. And he says, I've got them all. Child of God, God's got you eternally. May the Lord richly bless you is my prayer.
You've been listening to the March to Zion broadcast. For more information, contact 205-364-1396 or write to the March to Zion broadcast, P.O. Box 270, Carrollton, Alabama, 35447. Bethlehem Primitive Baptist Church is located seven miles east of Gordo and ten miles west of Northport, just off Highway 82 on the Boyd Road near Ecola. Services are each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and the second and fourth Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. Please join us next week for another message of God's sovereign grace. Amen.